The views expressed in the following program do not necessarily represent those of the staff, management, or owners of WGBB. Live from the WGBB studios in Merrick, New York, this is Sports Talk New York. And good evening, everybody, and welcome to WGBB Sports Talk on this Sunday, January the 2nd, 2022. Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, for the next two hours, uh, I am Gary Harding, your host, and I will be here talking New York sports, specifically, of course, the New York Islanders. And before we get rolling onto the show, um, my tag team partner, John Panarese, is not with us tonight, uh, unfortunately, on Christmas Day, he lost his mother, Dolores, who uh, fought a long, hard battle with uh, with cancer. And um, again, our thoughts and our prayers and our condolences are with the Panarese family during this time. Um, John actually may be calling into the show later on tonight, um, but he just didn't uh, wasn't too comfortable. And there's some other issues in his family that's uh, dealing. He's dealing with a tough time right now. So, like I said, if you can include him in your prayers tonight, please do. So. I had to go get a co-host, and I went to the bullpen. I didn't bring in a you know a fifth or sixth inning mop-up reliever. I brought in the Mariano Rivera. Okay, I'm as a Met fan, I'm using him as the as the uh, as the compromise here. But uh, <laughs> Kimmy Moisa, aka Isles Girl Three, has joined us on the show. And again, I uh, thank you so much for thank you, Gary, hanging out with me. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> for those of you who don't know who Kimmy is, and really, why don't you? Um, again, on a personal note, again, Kimmy's family and my family have known each other for over 50 years. Um, I always try to say her her mom was my first first girlfriend when I was four years old in Pintail Lane School in Levittown. And uh, for years and years and years, and people that know me know that I started out following a certain teen that plays on the corner of 33rd Street and 7th Avenue, and her mother reminded me of that fact constantly. And since we graduated in the year 1981, of course, that was during the four Stanley Cup eras. And right now, Kimmy can go to her house and pull her mother's high school yearbook and see my picture and see what I wrote in it. And, Kimmy, what did I talk about? Something that I don't think I can copy. I don't know if it's allowed and <laughs> to be talked about, honestly. It's it's prohibited in my house. Okay. It, 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 except when your boyfriend's there. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, well. No, but, yeah, I was I was shocked when I first saw it. She actually pulled it out and showed me because uh, she cleaned out the room. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I looked at her like, he was a Rangers fan? I, it's shocking to, well, again, to see what the... Co- I, I started following hockey in 1969. There Which, was no, there no was Islanders. No, no Islanders then. There was My no grandparents Island started Duck. Rangers fans, too. Right, exactly, exactly. And then they switched over very early because your, yep. pa- your grandparents became season ticket holders in 73, I think. Yep, 73, because right. in 72, they were like, it's much cheaper, it's easier to go to, Right. bring the kids, uh, easier travel. I mean, they were like right next to Nassau Coliseum. Yep. So, and so they slowly, and my grand, my grandmother told me how, you know, the Rangers were slowly trading away all of her favorite players, and she was, she sat there and she went, I just feel like I can't root for this team anymore. It doesn't feel like my team. I, right. And I, and again, I, I still say this, and I say it with absolute 100% conviction. I never hated the Islanders, but I enjoyed the, the banter with your mother. Yeah. That was, <laughs> and, 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 and Arlene too. We had, we had such a great time with the two of them, but, uh, 
But then again, the Rangers started trading all the players away in the mid-80s. Yep. And that's when I said, I had enough, and I went to the other side. Similar reason, yep. Yeah, exactly. But, um, again, Kimmy's going to join us here for the two hours. Uh, at 9 o'clock, we're going to have Andrew Gross from Newsday join us um, and talk about what's been going on. Um, again, uh, if you want to call into the show, and we, we really uh, would love the feedback, uh, the number you can reach us here is 516-623-1240. Um, we do have our Twitters on. I mean, Kimmy's never within six inches of her phone constantly. So, I at, obviously at Isles Girl Three or at G Harding WGBB if you want to uh, check us out on Twitter. But you know, let's just talk about you know this past week. Um, you know, the Islanders came back to play. You know, unfortunately, couldn't play against the uh, Detroit Red Wings on Wednesday because they had, I think, what nine players in the yeah. coaching protocol at that point. It was bad. Um, they faced the Buffalo Sabers and. And I think probably had one of their better games of the year, a 4-1 victory. Um, stepped up. Definitely stepped up to play, yes. They it played. was a game that was controlled by the Islanders. They played an Islanders-style game, which is what they need to do to win games effectively. And they, I feel just um, in total-wise, possession-wise, they, they controlled the whole game. And it was, it, you know, just... It, I found it funny with the score sheet because basically... Everyone who scored was an Islander. <laughs> I mean, if you want to count Kyle Lukposo mm-hmm. as an, an ex-Islander right. who scored the lone yeah. Buffalo goal, I found that was very interesting, but very good Islanders game style. We had a goal in each period. Uh, another power play goal from Anders Lee. He has just been so good on that power play to make it an effective power play for us and where we were struggling very greatly. So I'm really proud of the, I'm really proud of them that game. Yeah. And of course, yesterday, the 3-2 overtime win, um, courtesy of Mr. Noah Dobson and you know people that have listened to me over the last couple of years especially when Noah was playing uh, in the Quebec League and winning two Memorial Cups in two consecutive years I kept saying when you watch him he's a man playing in a kids game and it took it took the better part of two years but I can tell you I if I would put money on the last 15 games that there's very few defensemen in the NHL that could be you know, in the same breath right now as no as the way Noah Dobson's played. He's played absolutely fantastic. He's had a goal versus Buffalo, and then obviously the OT winner uh, last night against the Edmonton Oilers. And when I, you know, when Dobson first started to play with this team, you know, the the, the little mistakes here and there, rookie mistakes. You know, you could see it, and I saw it a little bit even the beginning of this season, even preseason. Still seeing a little bit of that, you know. Uh, scared. He was scared. He wasn't, you know, I felt like he wasn't playing to potential. But I feel like with this COVID situation, it's been kind of a blessing on him. I know that sounds really weird, but it's been a blessing on him because he's had to step up. He's had to step up as a defenseman and he's had to step up his confidence. And with doing that, that's why we're seeing the no adoption we've been seeing. He's, as it's been uh, a joke on Twitter, he's been evolving like a Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> but let me ask you this. And again, people that know Kimmy, she has been, uh, a very overly stated fan of Zidane Chara since he's been a re- reacquired to the Islander team. But the past four or five games, he's played with Chara exclusively. He started the year with, with Andy Green, who was, who he's been playing with since he's been called up. But he's been put with Chara and Chara, 
you know, honestly, the first 20 games, he was struggling a little bit. I, yeah. I, he was having trouble finding his game. But I think putting the two of them together, has been, I think, has been a blessing for both. Char- They've accentuated yeah. each other's play. Charles had to get used to the system. It's a completely different system than he, when he had in Boston. It's a whole different... I mean, Barry's style of play is very diff- vastly different than the whole entire league. It's something you have to get used to. And that's something that the Islanders didn't have really the courtesy of, especially the beginning of the season with... Uh, all the week-long waits mm-hmm. for games, and then we haven't had just like a stretch of time where we've had like at least like uh, three or four games a week or something like that, like other teams had to get into their stride. So Plus, I'll, I'll just add, I'll just add one thing to that too. Last year he played under the Peter Laviolette system in Washington, yes, which requires a whole different style of play yes. entirely, and it it made him how to be actually work on his skating more because you're playing a run-and-gun type offense, and you saw last year how ineffective, unfortunately, he was in that system. Yes. And you get that in your head, it takes a while to get it out. Yes. Even, you know, even with the disciplinarian that Barry Trotz is and trying to play that system, as you said, it takes a while for him to blend and mesh and work out. And I've seen him get more into his rhythm, though. He, and putting him with Noah Dobson is... Now, it's good for him because Noah's young, he's got the speed, he can give that puck to Noah to get it up if he's stuck in the back there in like the trapezoid area. But also it helps Noah because he's learning from someone like Zdeno Char who's been in this league for how many years, has won a Stanley Cup. Longer than somebody's been alive. Yes, exactly, since <laughs> 96, you know, like... It's it's nuts, you know, how long he's been in his league, but he that means he has just, just that much more to teach and tell these younger guys. And maybe, I don't know, maybe it's why Dobson has been blossoming so well. Mm-hmm. Maybe having someone like Zidane Chara to tell you, you have Andy Green, you have Zidane Chara, even a guy like a Scotty Mayfield to even, you know, show him away a little bit. It's been It's been great to see how Noah Dobson has developed in the back there. And has now eventually won games for us. Exactly. Somebody that I told this thing to about Noah all along for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. I saw him in the hallway the other night, and he's like, "Boy, you're right. <laughs> Boy, you're right." And, and you're see, and you're seeing it. And you know, as much as you know, the struggles happened in the first six or seven games at UBS Arena. Mm-hmm. You know, it, all it takes for a team to to turn around is a little bit of confidence, just a little stupid, silly thing. You know, and. The last two games, yes, you played a team in Buffalo that is probably almost a bottom five team, maybe. Yeah. And somebody was telling me, oh, look at all the wins we've had, you know, the Islanders have had this year. You know, Arizona, bottom five team. Jersey, well, I wouldn't call him a bottom five team, but he did. You know, Buffalo, bottom five team. But, you know, they have beaten some good teams. They beat Vegas. Yeah. You know, they've, you know they've, they've had some other good victories. and You could say Edmonton, too. And, and, well, that's it. That's what I'm bringing up. Yep. Yes, Edmonton is struggling. They're, they're one in... I think they're two and two and eight over the last ten games, yeah. but they're the type of team that you have to be concerned with. And to me, as we talked about in the car and in, before we came on the air, they played perfect Islander hockey. I mean, there was no no penalties. And again, with a team like Edmonton, with Drysaitel, with the only problem with yesterday's game was the second period, where they completely <clears throat> fell apart. The I system, I, everything. I, I don't really not think, there. Well, I don't. I mean, yes, they gave up the two goals. There was some lapses in judgment, but I don't think it was a total bad period. Oh, yes, it was. No, not <laughs> not 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 aspect. I mean, I'm I'm talking about. It could have been worse. That's what I'm saying. It could have been a hell of a lot worse. You know why? Because Sorokin. 
Mm-hmm. Sorokin. That's why it wasn't worse. Honestly, you could put a little bit on defense. They were there at times. I mean, the goals that went in, I mean, one went off Matt Martin's skate. Like, but that's, that's good on the Edmonton offense. You know, they're just throwing mm-hmm. pucks at the net. And I mean, Sorokin was on his game. He's, he's so many, so many. One went rung off the post, one rung off the crossbar. I mean, that is just like, thank God. Right. But then Sorokin was there for, to get, to get that rebound. But the second period, we did have like little specks of, uh, like maybe a rush into the zone. Like I think Beauvillier had that one chance where he had like a one-on-one with Koskinen. Yep. But that second period after that was just atrocious. The, the Islanders system, you know, that we talk about, it just felt like there was no. Well, what I was gonna, was what I was gonna continue saying, well, yes, that, that 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 middle of the period when they were had they were having their lapses, yes, they were there was. I, I could see you shaking your head because she sits to diagonal from me, and it's like <laughs> I'm not talking to Kimmy when she's like this. But I think in the last three minutes of the thir- of the second period, they got their game back. Yes. They got their game back. And a that's little what, bit. A little bit, right. But they got it to the point where Islander hockey was coming back into play. A little bit. And that's what I'm saying. You know what? If they take that momentum and turn it in the third period, and that's exactly what they did, because you limited you limited a team with off that offensive firepower, not just McDavid and Dreisaitl, but, but Yamamoto, Hyman. You know, mm-hmm. all of those, the, the top three lines are solid. They'd be solid for any team in the league. You held them in the last 20, basically 28 minutes to two shots on goal. And, and nothing in overtime. I mean, they had their opportunities. They missed wide on, on two or three occasions. But you held the team like that to two shots, and you didn't go in the box. Yeah. You know, with the exception of the, uh, of the, bellows, of the, of the, the bellows, yeah, right. Tyson, but yeah. you didn't cause any penalties. Yeah, that that was a key element that Andrew Gross is going to be on the the radio soon with us. Yes, yeah, a key element he talked about before the game. I have him. Um, I have notifications on for Andrew Gross, and he talked about how the Edmonton power play was first in the leagues. And I was in the car going, "Okay, so just don't take a penalty. This should not be easy." <laughs> you know, and, and without and without Barry uh, Trotz, unfortunately, due to some personal issues, you know. Well, you know how he feels about penalties. Exactly. So I'm sure, I'm sure him and Lane had a nice conversation after the game, (laughs) you know, saying nice job taking care of this and making sure the guys did their, did their stuff. But, you know, you look at the standings right now, 28 games played, which is obviously in some cases five or six games less than, you know, teams in their division. You know, Washington's played 34, Carolina's played 31, the Rangers played 33. They're at 26 points. They're five points behind the Devils with five games in hand. You know, so looking at the start that they have, you're 10-12 and 6 right now. Unfortunately, we all know what's going on. We're going to have 12 games without without any games. 12 days without any games, I should say. And, I know. <laughs> you know, they're going to have another holiday break. Um, you know, Shannon's gone off to Detroit and hung out with her family because she's got a week off. And, you know, you just got to hope that, you know, the the – the positive momentum of the last two games keeps in their heads and they and they do the right things mm-hmm. and keep themselves jumping, bouncing, doing whatever they need to do to be prepared so that when they play the Devils again on the 13th that, you know, they come back on the ground running. And I just got to say, like, um, this is where having the assistant coach we have, Lane Lambert, I'm, I will always say I'm so fortunate that our, our coaching staff, I mean, Barry Trotz, the foreman, and then having a guy like Lane Lambert, who could be his own head coach, honestly, as our assistant, you know, him standing in for Barry, I wasn't too concerned. I wasn't concerned at all. And, you know, when you have a period like the second, and, you know, they, he goes back there, he's got to talk to them. He's got to get them motivated to go into that third period. You know, half of it's on the guys, half of it's on, you know, what is the coach doing to get them 
ready for that uh, upcoming period. And you saw it completely 180 in going to that third period. They, you know, they had so, the things that they weren't doing in the second, completing passes, looking, they, they controlling, they controlling the play. Like, think, the go with the third period, completed passes, controlling the play. Blocking set. shots. Exactly. It's just a complete 180. I, I, I have to give kudos to Lane Lambert there mm-hmm. because I really think he was a big aspect of why that team, why the team was like, yeah, like even in post game interviews, they're like, yeah, that second was pretty bad, <laughs> but I'm glad that we turned it around for the third. And w- with the break, obviously, of course, you know, the COVID situation will obviously cl- clear itself. So Brock will be back. Oliver Wallstrom will be back. And again, you know, with that, with that, those guys out of the lineup, guys need to step up and, you know, and I'm always I'm always riding Kiefer Bellows because I said he's had so many opportunities, he's had so many chances to prove himself, and sometimes he just looked like he was a lost puppy dog out in the ice. But you know, <clears throat> give kudos to him; he's made the uh, most of his opportunities. And um, I think when he had that one goal the other night, and Barry looked at the the stat sheet, and he only played him nine minutes. He goes, "That's on me," mm-hmm. and he's like saying, "You know what?" It's time to start playing him. And the last two games, he's had 16 and 18 minutes on ice, and he's been in all situations. And he's not only obviously had the scoring opportunities, but he's doing everything. He's playing a 200-foot game, which has been one mm-hmm. of his Achilles heels since he's been brought up to the team. Yeah, he's he's been looking fantastic. And you want to talk about, you know, I think it showed something to Barry when he only has nine minutes and he still got a goal in just that short amount of time mm-hmm. on the ice. And you know, whether it just be an assist that game or whether it be a goal, any, anything is helpful. And he's one of the only players, like a Wallstrom's uh, set mindset, of just put it towards the net. Any shot that you have, just take it. And he, he absolutely does that. Even if he's on the side of the net, usually you see Barzell hold it back and look for a play. He'll go to the side and he'll wait. Bellows does not wait. He just mm-hmm. takes the puck, tries to get around the one player that's around him, and puts it right towards the goaltender. It's going to make... A lot of tough decisions when you have a team back at full strength. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be very, very interesting. You know, you wonder, you know, I mean, we all know, again, if you know Kimmy, you know her her fondness for Casey as well. You know, Casey's done a great job, you know, and, and Clutterbuck has. But, you know, I, I hate to say it as much as it pains me. And I love the guy personally. But you wonder about, you know, who about Matt Martin in that situation. You know, no, he, I agree. You know, he's not been the Matt Martin we know, you know. He's been putting goals in for the other team rather than ours, honestly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's been tough. And uh, I'm going to, you're going to hate me, but no, like not. him and Bailey, <laughs> Martin and Bailey have been the worst Islanders I think I've seen on the ice. Martin has just, I don't know, just, I mean, I know skating wise, he's not the best, but like just pucks that he should have, shots he should have, like moments where he should win a uh, a puck battle and he doesn't. And then Bailey, he had like a decent game Claire, against Buffalo. if you're listening, turn off the radio. I know, right? Claire, I love you. And here's the thing. I love, you know, I love Josh Bailey as a person. Mm-hmm. I love what he's done for this organization over the years, the things that he's been, you know, done for us. I'm never going to stop loving Josh Bailey. I think he's a great person. Just this season, I'm going to, I'm going to be on him. No. And he has been a traffic cone. He's been an absolute pylon. Uh, it feels like sometimes looking at him like he's forgotten how to play hockey. Like he looks at a play and goes, oh, I'm supposed to do something here. Like he'll, I, it just, like sometimes I'll just see him take a stick and just whack at it. And I'm like, you know, use your skates, go towards the puck, do something. There's, you know, even last night, like he had some moments, you know, he's in front of that. I'm like, at least he's, you know, going for it. 
But there's so many moments where I'm like, Bailey, move, let's go. There are there exactly. There are some uh, where I'm sitting quietly doing it because I know I'll get punched. <laughs> but there are some there again. There are, and that brings that odd time where he makes this unbelievable behind the back or no look pass to somebody and get a play started. I mean, you know, he oh the draw passes with him still tick me off to this day because mm-hmm. <laughs> he'll just draw pass and not look right. But, but when the, but when they work. When they work, it's nice, but I know. you have to have a plan. You have to know there's someone behind you and how many times he's just dropped it to nobody. But mm-hmm. here's my thing with Josh Bailey. It's like, you know, oh, yeah, he had a good game with Buffalo. But you said we, t- we played 28? 28 games? 28 games. So when you have one good game out of 28, that's a problem. That's a big problem if you're producing one game out of 28. That's, that's a major issue. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I will... I will deflect to the fact that you know a lot of the guys are not having and I, yeah. better years. I mean, we are even though we're even though we've had five or six less games than most of the teams, we are number thirty-one in in goal scoring. We're not putting yeah. the puck in the net, and you know, yes, Anders Lee's got ten, but I want to just see them 10. try. Like guys like Casey, guys like even Parise, Clutterbuck, you know, who are not really so much goal scorers. But they just, they always give 100% for every single puck. Mm-hmm. And even with Clutterbuck recently, he stepped up, in my opinion, Clutterbuck. Yeah. I've seen, the, I feel like he's been playing the best he has in a long time at some points. And even when he got the goals, he, and one that was sadly taken away, yeah, he's right. earned every single one. His, I mean, just work ethic for those guys. Every single puck, you see them, their skates are moving so fast because they are putting 100% effort that that is my puck. I'm going to battle for this with everything I have. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love to see about guys like Parise and Clutterbuck and Sezikis. You don't I ne- see that from Matthew no, Martin. I don't, I don't, I, I never, I've never knocked Zach Parise for one minute because of, because of pure I just want to see them try. Yeah. Matty Martz and Josh Bailey, like I said, you just see them flat-footed and you just see them standing there. And that's where I, as a fan, you, you, it hurts to watch them play. Because I'm like, do you even want to be on the ice? Do you even want to play? Like, there's so many other guys who would love the ice time that you're just lounging around for. Yeah, I mean, you know, second, yes, he is second on the team in assists with 11, one goal. Uh, you know, that was averaging a half goal. a point a game. That was a great goal. Yeah, it was a great goal. But, you know, you, you got to know that, you know, I'm sure he's, I'm sure he, again, like other guys right now with this team that are struggling, they're just gripping their sticks too tight. Mm-hmm. They're just not. Confidence. There's, the confidence is a, is a beautiful thing. That's why I always keep yelling, you know, get a, get a Mark Parrish goal. For those that don't remember when Parrish played in the early 2000s, I would say probably 15 to 20 goals in his career came off as behind. <laughs> and literally, and, and it was, and it was at a time, a lot of them were at a time where the team needed confidence. And it came off the, it came off that and the floodgates opened. They mm-hmm. need those kind of those kind of deals, and and to me, I really think that even though with the time off is going to be struggling, but Noah's goal in overtime that's the kind of a goal that you want. Yes, that's going to take the team's confidence and turn and soar. I mean, first overtime winner that's going <laughs> to help him so greatly. Yeah, uh, first overtime winner for him. But uh, from a team that has lost every single overtime coming up to that one, three overtime oh, losses and, and what two shootout losses? Yep, they're like, they're all in their past. Oh, for their past nine. Yeah, it it it's so it's so like diminishing going into an OT and thinking, oh well, this is set to be 
an automatic loss. I think that's why you saw the guys so excited. I don't know if you saw the video of them uh, on the victory huddle with yeah. Dobson. They're all jumping up and down like little especially, kids. Especially, especially <laughs> when Clutterbuck came and face washed them. Yeah, yeah I thought like, that was because they because that's the moments that you you just love and like. I wonder how many guys' minds were like, "Oh, well, here we go again," and you wonder how many men, uh, how many of the guys' mentalities was was that going into that overtime? Because I, honestly, as a fan, I was kind of thinking like, "Well, here we go again with overtimes. Watch it happen again." And it's that it's, it's that long hour trip home for both of us to live yeah. in Suffolk <laughs> County. You're like, "Oh, this is just is getting ridiculous." But yeah, that's you know, unfortunately, you know the. Momentum's a beautiful thing, and you just hope that, you know, whatever they do, you know, in the next 10 days before they have their next game against New Jersey, that they, you know, they get themselves together, you know. And now with the way, you know, minus the road trip that got canceled, 10 of the next 11 games that they play throughout the beginning of January are all at home. There's, there's one yeah, road game. Huge homestand coming up. You know, you know, we were all complaining about the 13-game road trip. and But we knew we were going to get it back. Yeah. But the problem with, the, like, the complaints about the 13-game road trip, was just basically that there was no continuity. There was no, you know, like we were talking about having momentum. How do you get momentum when you play once a week? When you play one Th- game That was the days. problem with the stretching that out. Yeah, yeah. That's that, what I was complaining about with the 13-game And, and everybody, every, you know, there's all the conspiracy theorists that say, oh, they're doing this to the Islanders deliberately, blah, 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 blah. No. No, it's not. It's no. not. Just just stop. You know, you sound you sound really silly when you when you say things like that. It's just the way things going you know canada's having it trouble business honestly yeah. it's business and it's money you know i mean you know it, it's a it's a tough thing to say but you know when you can't get you know at the end of the day gary says money <laughs> <laughs> gary Bittman says money gary, thank you not gary harding no gary not harding yeah, thank not you. the guy across from me <laughs> yeah. the guy on the top of the nhl who thinks he knows what he's doing well <laughs> he's been around long enough to know but yeah but but again teams have lost so much money you know, the Islanders included. You know, they've lost a, a lot of money. The Canada situation is so bad right now. So bad. My buddy who has season tickets, literally, he's just waiting for his refunds because he can't go to games. They in, have, in Toronto? Toronto, I think they have a thousand person limit. And so, like. No, now they're down to zero. Down to <laughs> zero it's now? A thousand, it's a thousand people, but that's including media, oh, security, everything else. So I doubt he's getting in the building no he's not getting in the building like he's just waiting for his refunds for season tickets right yeah. now it's it's so bad i feel so bad for my buddies who have like season tickets for the canadian teams because they, they can't even watch them yeah they can it's it's hard and, it, and it's and it's h- tough on the players too i mean they talked about the bubble and how weird and awkward it kind of is to play in yeah if you no watch the cli- if you watch the clips from the toronto ottawa game last night and you see all the covering over the seats and the advertising it's like ugh. Yeah, it's it reminds us of bad bad days, and and you know, let's just knock on knock on the proverbial wood and hope that we can still. Keep we don't want to go back to bubble days. We no. do not want to go back to bubble days. No, because it's going to be you know fighting for tickets and Ugh. everything else, and and then with you know selling tickets, it's like skyrocketing margins and things like that. That that'd be so bad. And Kimmy's never going to like sell MSG it. tickets. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, did I detect a little jab? Uh, well, when I wanted to just let my boyfriend see a Rangers game, and we paid $300 to not even be able to see the big screen, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, I mean, even, you talk to regular Rangers fans, they, they even, you know, go after their, I was, before the Buffalo game, uh, I was actually talking to a woman at, before warm-ups, uh, she's a Rangers fan, her husband's an Islanders fan, and they were sitting, and she was talking about 
how she just comes to Islanders games. I mean, she was dressed neutrally. You know, mm-hmm. so I said I, I respected that from her. And she goes, yeah, she's like, well, we can't go to the Ranger games anyway. It costs like $1,000 for all four of us to go. It's nuts. I hate it. It's so corporate. Mm-hmm. She's like, I hate that my team is so corporate and you can't even get tickets as a regular fan. Yeah. It's it's honestly it's so always, depressing. That's why that's why you see Ranger fans all over the all, all over, over the country. Coliseum, and I in I get it. I honestly get it when Ranger fans come to the Coliseum just to see live hockey. Yep. I I get it as uh, you know a Ranger. If I was a Rangers fan, I understand. It's it's so it's so depressing to see honestly. You know that regular fans really can't see their own team. They get, in school, I mean, you heard someone went to the Rangers game, and you'd be like, oh well. <laughs> What my my mom's boss gave me the tickets. You know what I mean. Right. My mom got them from her boss, or my dad got them from his company. That's how you heard people went to Ranger games. Right. Exactly. That's that's that was how it went in my school. Not like uh, you know, Mima taking you and you know creating <laughs> creating a creating a crazy monster that you are. But that's that's moments that I feel like Ranger fans are missing out on. I I can, I'm so proud to say you know I learned hockey. By sitting next to my grandmother, going to live games since I was in diapers, and her teaching me the game slowly, just going to Nassau Coliseum. Like, how many Ranger fans can't really say the same? That oh, I went once a year. That sucks. Yeah. That's awful. Honestly, it's it's so sad to see you know money win over the fans. Yep. Well, anyway, we've got one uh, one segment of the books. Again, uh, you know, all of Kimmy's friends that are listening, we want you guys to come on the air and ask her questions because she's been dying to. Uh, to do this so uh 516-623-1240 is the number we're going to take a break and pay a couple bills and we'll come back and we'll continue the conversation gary harding and kimmy moisa on wgbb sports talk we'll be back in a few minutes Listening to Sports Talk New York. Tune in every Sunday night at 8 p.m. on Long Island's WGBB. Broadcasting on 95.9 FM and 1240 AM. Or listen live online at WGBBradio.com. Stay connected to Sports Talk New York on WGBB by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WGBB Sports Talk. You're listening to Sports Talk New York on Long Island's WGBB. And now, back to the show. And we're back on WGBB Sports Talk. Again, uh, WGBB Sports Talk on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow us. Um, Podcast for the show will be available on Monday morning and Tuesday morning. The first hour will be on Monday. The second hour will be on Tuesday. Anywhere you get your podcasts, uh, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you can get WGBB Sports Talk and uh, listen to the show whenever you like. Uh, again, John Panaris, uh not on the show. Kimmy Moiser, Isles Girl 3, is joining me. And uh, there's a couple of good stories that we were talking just off air and I want to bring up. Um, the first one regarding the Winter Classic, and I didn't get to see the game. I was out uh, having dinner after, after uh. the Islander game. <laughs> but... When I got home, I turned on the NHL network and I saw the clip of the Blues coming into the building. You know, yep. minus ten <laughs> degrees, and they're walking in in, bo- in board shorts, <laughs> t-shirts, and flip flops. I thought that was classic. 
Absolutely. What a way to what a way to to take in the uh, and take in the game. And of course, uh, a six four win. Um, it's amazing how the home teams don't win in a Winter Classic. It's just it blows my mind, you know, why they don't, but. And you missed it, too, because you didn't see the game. But in the first period, they came back, I think, from a commercial break, and they were showing the stands. A guy had this huge sign that just said, I'm cold. <laughs> <laughs> and it's being, like, memed all over Twitter. It's hilarious. Well, I found that on, I found that on Facebook. One of my friends um, from the Flyers fan club went actually went to the game. Oh. <gasps> My gosh. He lasted about half the first period and left. Oh. He couldn't handle it. Well, did you see they were putting uh, frostbite stuff on the players that didn't have their ears covered? Yeah. Because they were so cold. And you saw the players, like, wincing in pain. And, 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 the, and the beards. Oh, the beards that were, like, frozen. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's... Uh, I, I would have covered my whole face for that game. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you. I mean, I've been, I've been up to Canada when the temperature is minus 10, minus 15. And it's just... You can't be out for more than two minutes, let alone, you know, be in an activity. And yes, they got the heated seats, and they're they're yeah. trying to keep them as comfortable as possible. But you know, that's just. But they they uh, they showed on TV that it was the in sports history it was the third ever coldest televised game. Uh, two the two above were NFL games the, the, in the '67 yeah. and, yeah, and, and the, won the '80s. The ice bowl, yeah, they called the ice bowl in 1967. Yeah, it didn't beat the ice bowl, but no. it, it was the third coldest ever sports event held. Like it was nuts. Yeah, I, I, I remember the first actual winter game, which was the Heritage Classic. It was up in yeah. in Edmonton. The Oilers played the the Canadians, and yep. it was zero degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> You know, and they thought, oh, no, nothing will ever get colder than that. I think it was, what, 10 degrees at the big house in Michigan when they had the 110,000 people. But, oh, my God. But that Minnesota, it's just another day. can't imagine negative six sitting there for that. Oh, gosh. I can't imagine. And then watching your team lose. Yeah. That's even team, worse. Yeah, you froze your ass off to watch your team lose. That sucks. And, and to give up four goals in the second period. Oh, my God. The second period was nuts. Five goals, wasn't it? There was like six goals that period, I believe. Yeah. And uh, Jordan Cairo had two goals and two assists. Oh, my gosh. It was. If you had blues on your fantasy teams, like you just popped off that night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that was, that was, it was, again, you know, everybody talks about, you know, is the, has the Winter Classic gone too far? You know, have they, you know, extended its life? Is it one of those jump-the-shark moments, if you will? I really don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, it's one of the things I look forward to come the new year. It's something that's fun, exciting. It's outside, which is, you know, you never see. And it, it it's, I think, a nice showcase for other, you know, sports fans to go and watch. I mean, they had the Twins do the puck drop. They had four of the right. Twins players do the puck drop. I mean, maybe that brought some baseball fans. You know, and it brings, like, I things like celebrities sometimes go and, you know, why. The Penguins one, where they had the actual Penguins yes. next to the rink, is still one of my favorite things I've ever seen. And even just, like, the fun of it, like, where, um, oh, my gosh, my my mind is blanking on the Minnesota goaltender, Talbot. Can't tell it, right? Tell it, uh, having the beanie on the helmet is still one of my favorite things. Yeah, well, that's what <laughs> happened in the first in the first game in Montreal. Uh, Jose Theodore, the then of the Montreal Canadiens, had the the toque on the on the helmet. Now that's the, it is know, a beanie. It's a toque. It's, I will battle all of my Canadian friends. It's a toque. We don't speak French here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just. It's just one of my favorite things. I remember watching Leonard do it when he was in the Winter Classic. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I, yeah. I love that tradition. Yeah, it's it's it's. Bennington wasn't cool enough. Bennington <laughs> wasn't cool enough. <laughs> he didn't do it. Yeah, that's that's fun. Again, the number if you want to reach out to us is five one six 
six two three twelve forty and uh another Gary is on the line. Gary, you're on the air on the air with uh Gary and Kimmy, how are you? Hey, what's happening? Not much. What's going? You know, it's uh it's been a rough few weeks. <laughs> oh John. Yes. He wrote Gary on on the on the board. <laughs> it's my tag team partner, yeah. John Panneries. How you Good doing, buddy? Happy you, New Year, my friend. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Kimmy. Happy New Year to you, John. Let's hope uh, 2022 is a better year for you, my friend. Yeah. I, I'm not even going to say it can't get any worse, because I just don't want to say that. Yeah, no. I know. I hear you. <laughs> my condolences to you, man. I'm so sorry. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, what's, so what's your thoughts? On what topic? Anything you yeah. want to bring up. Hey, you're a co-host, you know, so you, <laughs> you got shop lunch. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I, I do actually have something I want to say. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm getting tired of reading this and hearing this. Can some of these people in the media and some Islander fans, can they keep in mind that there's still 50, what, 54 games left in the season? Uh, you're saying like, oh, the season over tank for right. Things like that. Yeah, it's over. There's no way they can come back. They're yeah. done. You know, 54 games is just about as long as last season was in its entirety. Wasn't it 56 games last That's season? Correct, John. So I don't understand why people are like already counting the Islanders out. What's not to say that this team is not going to go on a nice long winning run? And you know what? As for the other teams that are doing well, what comes up, what goes up, must come down. Yeah. It's it's the type of fandom, because there are the optimistic fans, and there are the pessimistic fans, where just one stretch, and it's, let we're done, let's reset, you know, let, they, you know, my my brother's, he calls himself, like, the realis, realism fan, you know, like, oh, you, well, if you look at, you know, how many points, and how many, you know, to get into a, even a wild card spot, nothing's guaranteed, so we should just focus, you know, on resetting and doing all this, you know, that's, that's basically, it's just uh, the... Matter and of unfortunately, sometimes are. if I see her brother and I love him too, I want to smack him upside the head. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just the type of fan you are, I guess. I mean, I'm an optimistic fan all the way, and I, I, I absolutely agree with you. I feel like there's always still a chance. It, I never say it's done until there's absolutely no way that right. we can have the points. She's, to optimist get a she's optimistic unless she's bashing Josh Bailey. <laughs> I'm kidding. Right, we're going to have a fight in the car ride home. <laughs> hey, Bales is, Bales is picking up some points now, so. One game don't count. You know what my ride's going to be like, John. Yeah. <laughs> Say a prayer. <laughs> but, you know, seriously, it's. To me, I, I just don't get it. Like, if there were 28 games left in the season. Then I, yeah, you know, I'd be very worried at this stage. Yeah. But, you know, to me, 54 games is a lot of ground to make up. And, you know, they already have several games in hand because of the five COVID the stuff. Yeah, five and six. Yeah. yeah. So, and then now we're not going to play theoretically for 12 days. The whole road trip is, mm -hmm. is, has been scrapped unless the NHL decides to do some makeup in between. No, they've already came out. John, actually, they came out because some people were asking, you know, the de uh, the, the game with Buffalo that they were supposed to have up there. Um, they said, well, Buffalo's got time off. The arena's available. Why can't you stick it in there? And the Angels come out and said, no, they're not rescheduling any games during this 12-day period. So the Islanders are going to be completely off. Oh, okay. Which so really stinks. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a shutdown for the whole league? No, no. No. 
No, everybody else is going. It's just we're not going to be the Islanders are not going to be playing. Jesus, man. That's, yeah. that, I mean, be, uh, well, actually, they came out yesterday or after the game. Um, the Canadians played in in Florida last night. They I announced they announced that they're gonna they're they're ceasing operations for everything until like the the ninth, I think, or something like that, because they have sixteen players out right now. Wow. Um, they only had one NHL caliber defenseman playing against the Panthers last night. Oh my god! It was yeah, I mean, and, they, and, and, and actually, you no, know, it was five two. It really wasn't as much of a slaughter as it was. They got two goals late. I mean, Montreal played their they played their hearts out. Yeah. They really did, you know. But you know, I feel bad for them. You know, I mean, we know that situation. Mm-hmm. We know how. And you know, when here's the you know, I, I was talking to a couple of people, a couple of members of my family. Uh, I'm, Gary, you certainly know one of them. <laughs> and you know, it's like this is just a you know this season, you know, with COVID and everything that's going on, it, it's really like it's. You can't get any kind of groove going. You can't get a real fix on who's really a truly a good quote unquote team and who's not. If you, you know, if you, because you, you should yeah. be seeing you should be seeing Kimmy. She's raising her arm. She's nodding her head. She's going, "You're right on point, my friend." You just exactly copied exactly what I said before about like everything about momentum and like I 100% agree with you. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's just like you see these teams that are doing really well right now, and it's like, okay, who are they playing? And when they played these teams, who was actually in their lineup? So it's, and I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to disparage anybody at this point, but it's like you got to be realistic. This is just a very, very, very strange season, and yeah. it's not going to get any more normal for quite some time, and. You know, it's going to be really interesting who comes out on the other end yeah, of you this. Can't, you can't base anything on this. This is just, no. you just, no. you just uh, flip the deck over, reshuffle, and try again next year. But, um, yeah, I mean, Florida's definitely one of the answers. You know, uh, right now, when you look at the standings, 17-3 and three at home. I mean, they're just, they're just beating everybody. And it doesn't matter who you're putting in the lineup. They're just... They're just going. They're just knocking people down left and right. You know, there there are teams that are that are definitely taking advantage. Washington's taking big advantage of, of what's going on. You know right. that that uh that youngster name of uh, Ovechkin is that his name? Yeah, what's his name? That Russian guy. Yeah, that guy Russian guy. Score a few goals here and there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I never would have never would have thought I'd be saying this, but you know, you know, Gretzky's record was one of those records nobody's going to ever touch. He's got a shot. He's got a no, legitimate one hundred percent healthy. If he stays healthy and keeps playing, he's got a really good shot at it. Yeah. yeah. And I like how Oliver Wallstrom's learning how to shoot from that same spot. That's good. <laughs> when he comes he, back. I think him and, him, him and Bellows could really be the, the ace, aces in the hole for us as this season progresses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, like having maybe Bellows sit again like the guys coming back, you just worry about them getting a little cold. Maybe, you know, Bellows being yeah, able to play other, having yeah, the momentum the, he's had. Right, right. That's a problem. Twelve days off when, you know, they were just starting. I mean, Bellows was picking up points every game virtually. Yeah. Yeah, he's over a point Primary a game. Primary assist goals. And even Barzy's over a point a game his last 12. So, you know, yes. you, you know, these guys were picking up steam, although I wanted to. Lee had six goals in his last eight games. Yeah, but the only thing that uh, ticked off is he had eight shots against Buffalo, and he only had one against Edmonton. He was he was going back to his old tricks again, and I'm like. Yeah, I know. that, And apparently, like, I heard from my, my mom, which was saying that, you know, everyone's like, oh, Barry's telling him not to shoot, you know, hold it back. But apparently they're like, no, we've been telling him, shoot the puck. Yep. Go for it. And he's the one that's holding back. It's interesting. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't get that. He can, he can score goals. He can, he can score goals. Absolutely. It's just why is he holding back? Why does he? He, you know what though? I'll go back to when we first got Barzell, and he said, you know, I'm a playmaker. That's what I love doing. I like being the playmaker. I like setting things up. He's not necessarily like that shoot first goal scorer mentality like a McDavid. He's like I like to be the playmaker. So maybe he's just like he's so stuck in that mentality. Which is fine, you know, but when you're on a team that needs to score goals, mm-hmm. it's you hard do to have break to kind habits. of change. Yeah, you got to kind of change though your approach. You know, it'd be different yeah. if, you know, if he was playing, you know, if if he was playing with two wingers that were potting goals constantly. Yeah. Then you could accept him, you know, being playmaker first. Well, that's why he loved Anders Lee. He yeah. just has to set up Anders Lee, and Anders Lee every time is going. I want to busted home mm-hmm. and that's why he loved someone like Andersley and when Andersley was out of the lineup he felt lost but yeah exactly what you're saying it's he just has to break that habit of just I'm the playmaker all right John all right. just change it change your gears one second um I gotta switch sports a minute uh so maybe when they get the um the lockout situated and everything done uh you think you and I should go uh over to City Field and see Max Scherzer pitch I, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait, man. I can't wait for that. I mean, I know Steve Cohen's got, you know, more things to do and more money to spend, but, you know, go to a, go to a three game series and have, uh, and have Scherzer and, and DeGrom go back to back. Oh, man. I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait, man. And I don't think they're done. I think when the lockout's over, I think there's going to be at least a couple of more guys in the fold, so. Yeah, they, they they still need one or two more bats, but yeah, and and I would be comfortable if they got another pitcher. Yeah, there, there's a few out there. There's still a few out there, so yeah, that's that's a possibility. And I'm hoping that's the case because I, you know, you can't have enough. You know, it proved last season you can't have enough pitching. Yeah, pitching. yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly. And you know, if Jacob Degrom does one half of what he did, you know, in those 16 starts he had. You know, then we'll then we'll be then we'll be just fine. I just love reading the articles about. Well, if Jacob Degrom had stayed healthy, what was his what would his numbers look like at the end of the season? Yeah. It's like, please don't torture me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have enough. You have enough torture with your hockey team. Let alone yeah, with the baseball please. team, right? Yeah, yeah. I read an article. If this happened to the Mets, what would it be? You know, and it's like, okay, let's stop. Let's stop. <laughs> it's not. You know, we know what happened. We don't need to see what ifs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, listen, bud. We'll let you. Uh, we'll let you take off. I appreciate you calling. Um, like I said, you know, uh, I'm praying with you. I know, you know, there's other things going on in your life I won't talk about, but uh, know that you know, Kimmy and I are uh, are on your side here. No, I appreciate it, guys. Happy New Year, New Year to everybody, and I'll catch you guys on the, on the next time around. Yep. All right, man. Take care of yourself. All right. Much you love, take John. It easy. All right. All right. Bye. Thanks, Kimmy. Bye, bye. Again, uh, John Panneris, our co-host, and uh, you know it's it, it, it. Unfortunately, it's it sucks when it happens, you know, during the holidays, and that's you know. I feel. I you feel know, it. I know when I talked to him, he was he was saying, you know, uh, how he hoped his mom would basically get through Christmas Day, and you know, and it happened on Christmas Day. And it's funny, um, one of the me- a member of the Booster Club, um, her husband was fighting, and, and again, an Islander Ranger relationship she's a big islander fan her husband was a ranger fan um he was battling cancer for a couple of years and he unfortunately passed away also on christmas day uh just you know double whammy and then my friend just lost his mom to COVID. like it's just it feels like it's been never ending this year it's it's been like this it's been so hard 
it's been so hard. And then obviously I lost my grandfather, my uncle, and then my grandmother. It's, yeah. it's been horrible. Yeah, it's been uh, 2020. You know, we we were hoping 2021 would, you know, get us out of the uh, out of the doldrums, and for a good half of it, it did. But then the second half, and I know it wasn't. I can't wait for 2022. Yeah. I'm so ready for this year. Yeah, we I'm are. so ready for this year. Yeah, exactly. A lot of heartbreak in 2021. <laughs> yeah. Not just with hockey. No, right. A lot it was hockey. It was my sports and personal life. It was. It was rough. Yeah, it was. It, it was definitely tough. But you know, we're good. We're going to get through it. Things are going to get better, and um, you know, we can hope. Uh, Tom is on the line on WGBB Sports Talk. Hey, Tom. It's Gary and Kimmy here. How you doing tonight? Happy New Year. Hi guys. Hi guys. Happy New Year. How you doing? Good. What can we do for you, sir? You know, I was just calling in to talk about some hockey and a little bit of football. So first off, uh, happy New Year to the both of you. Happy New Year, man. Right back at you. Go for it. Yeah, so, so obviously, um, so for hockey this last few days, so today the Rangers played. Uh, I'm a, I'm a Ranger fan and also a Kraken fan, so. Okay. Cool. Shout out with the Lightning, back to back wins for the Lightning. I, I didn't watch the game, unfortunately, because I was actually out, uh, watching the, uh, football game, but I could say it is a great start for the, for the New Year for the Rangers, yeah. so. If you if you're a listener to this show, I came on right before the season started, and I just said four words: "The Rangers scare me," and I kept saying it all through the show, and I really did because I I really thought they made a great turn. You know, it was tough losing. I, I really thought David Quinn was a good coach. I really thought he was doing the right things and putting the team in the right frame of mind. But um, obviously, Gallant has done. Done wonders with these guys, and they've all they've all uh, basically heeded the call. And you know, you got Shesterkin playing out of his mind right now. I, you know, battling with his best friend Sorokin, you know, which is great. But they never get to play each other. They never get to play each other. <laughs> but it's a great storyline. But you know, I, I really think that what's been key to the Rangers' success is not not the top guys because you knew you knew that the Panarins. And this is the Banajads and the Criers are going to do. It. I mean, Criers been on another level and it's been great. But they've been getting they've been getting contributions from forwards ten to twelve and defensemen five and six. That's what's been to me a secret to their success. If you're getting contributions constantly from your bottom six forwards and your bottom four D, you are going to be a solid team all year long. And Gallant is getting every bit out of those guys, you know, than than was expected. Absolutely. Um, I actually have a talk show for my uh, school radio. Um, I actually, I'm a student at Montclair State University, and I've oh, cool. even talked on my radio talk show about uh, how Gallant wanted this team to be the, one of the hardest-working team, and he even said this in his opening press conference. I remember him saying, you know, I want us to be the hardest-working team, and he even went over to say, hey, you know, that team works hard every day, and that's what the Rangers have done so far under Gallant. Well, Gal- yeah, Gallant's teams have always done that, and the only thing that the only thing that scares me, and, and again, if you if you follow the league and you know the history, you know Gallant to me is another. Um, oh, what was the coach in Philly? Uh, like Elaine Vigneault. he comes out gangbusters. Oh. He comes out gangbusters. They know but, the, but the problem is, and again, it's happened everywhere. Vigneault's gone, and also Gallant. You know, you, you, the only thing you hope for is he doesn't lose the team. You know that's 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 well, Gallant's that's Gallant's Achilles heel. It's been Elaine Vigneault's Achilles heel. But right now, I mean, you know, you got to be you got to be absolutely thrilled, and, and, and you t- and you take the ride as far as you can go. Absolutely, and um, I, you do have a good point right there because when the Rangers had Elaine Vigneault, don't get me wrong, I I like I really enjoyed the Rangers having Vigneault, but I felt like he was past his expiration date. At the same time, we had him, so mm-hmm. there was a time to move on from him and. David Quinn, same thing, you know. Yeah. Um, there's all yeah. good things come to an end with head coaches, and uh, yep. you have to move on. 
No, yeah, exactly. I, I absolutely agree with you there. With Quinn, he was supposedly brought in because you guys, I mean, you guys have a young team, and that was like because you guys went through sort of like a rebuilding kind of period, and that, and I knew it was, it was gonna just, you know, take that like catalyst to set you guys off, and this is definitely the season I think that's happened for the Rangers, and. Uh, the thing with Quinn was that he's supposed to help the younger guys, but he wasn't doing that to the fullest extent. Like guys like Lafreniere weren't getting the time on ice they deserved and things like that. Where Gallant has come in, he said like I'm here to change that. Kako it got too. they yeah and, Kak- and Kako and he's he's stepped up. He's given them their ice time, and this team has really shined. I I love what he's done for the team. He's very passionate. I mean, if you saw uh, the, the last game where he almost stole the score sheet out of the referee's hands, how you know hard he you know he's passionate about his team and and like you said, just wanting them to work hard. And if you know Kimmy, she's got her boyfriend is a big Rangers fan. Yes, so I, I watched yeah, the games with him. I watched that OT win over the Lightning the other night. You know, I watched that that game with him, and you know. Uh, Panarin out today, and you, and they had Vasilevsky yeah, back, COVID. and they had Vasilevsky back from you know, COVID. and and still and still four nothing shutout today. Just it shows you know how how good the Rangers are. So what's the uh, what's the football point, Tom? Because I'm actually sitting here wearing my uh, my Buffalo Josh Allen jersey here because my boys uh, made the playoffs, so I'm very happy of that. Uh, congrats to hear for that. But as for me, uh, it's kind of done for me with football. I got two teams: Giants and Troches, and. My AFC team, unfortunately, got eliminated today, Miami. So yeah, well, you know what? Kudos to them because you know, I mean, one and seven to come back and get seven straight. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a great. It was a great story. Flores did a great job with that team. Um, you know, the only thing that the only thing I'm I'm just uncomfortable with is that you know, Tua, it, it, although although it was a good quarterback, it's just he's got no arm. You know what? A lot of people have concerns with Tua, and I even. I don't, I never doubting in Tua. To me, Tua is the guy moving forward with Miami. Mm-hmm. And I know this is a very, it was a very tough stretch for the Dolphins. Going, starting the season 1-0, defeating New England, then you got to go on the seven game losing streak and now winning seven straight games and then it just comes down to a short, they just fall short again. Yeah. Like, Last yeah, year I mean, they had a they had a great run last year, but they just fell short. You know, I was watching. I was on the red zone all day because my my fantasy team was in the finals, and I got unfortunately trounced by that that rotten receiver from from uh, Cincinnati who got two hundred sixty eight yards and three touchdowns. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah. yeah, the Giants. Also, one other thing, the Giants. Yeah, uh, I'm uh. sorry. I don't want to say this, but this needs to be done. They need to. They need a clean house. Yeah. Yeah. It. Again. Yeah. Unfortunately, I watched that game today. It was I atrocious. Feel, I, I feel bad for you, man. I really do. And you know, what, actually, I was starting to turn the corner on Joe Judge. I, I really am. The work that he did last year was really good, even they couldn't finish in the end. With now, it's just reinforcements from other Giants head coaches. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it, it's you, just like. You wonder, you wonder, like, like in the hockey sense, Lou, we're talking about with Vigneault and Glock. You know, has he lost the locker room? Yeah, it seems that way, you know, and I've said this for past teams. Skimming page or having coaches from the New England Patriots to build teams does not work. No. Unless you're either Brian Flores or maybe Romeo Cornell, because those are the only two coaches that I've known that have actually done a great, that have actually care deeply. A marketable job, right. Yeah, absolutely a marketable job. Yeah, it's like they get they, they get their own reins and they forget what, what to do. Yeah, and um, I'm going to be honest with you, I have no idea where the Giants go from here. And although I am hearing that the Giants could move on from Dave Gentleman, that is a start right there. But the thing is, what do you do with the head coach? Like, 
I can I get Daniel Jones returning next season, but if Judge returns next season, it's basically like a make or break out year for him. Like I'm getting him one more shot at that. Yeah, show. yeah. He can't he can't go out one and five again, you yeah. know. You know, for the last, no, the last three the last four years. Yeah. Did. And not to mention uh Mike Lennon was very atrocious today and the Giants were like negative ten yards. Like yeah. I'm gonna say it again, negative, negative 10, ten yards. Like have you ever heard that before in a football game? No. Just dumb false starts today. Oh, actually, actually, uh, the the Bills five or six years ago. Yeah, I would. But yeah, I get it. I totally get it. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, one other thing. Oh, and this news came up well earlier today. Antonio Brown is no longer part of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm heartbroken. Can't you tell? <laughs> did you see what he did? Like, yes. He took his shirt off. Like I don't know if it was during warmups or so. Like he no, it was in the second quarter. Like. It was in the second, second quarter because he had Excuse he me, had three quarter. he had three catches during the game. That's what that's what blew my mind when I heard about it. You know he he was actually involved in the first quarter. Yeah, I, 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 I absolutely and like going back to what I said, he took off his shirt and his gloves and he threw it into the fence and then he did like some sort of like jumping jack stance or something and then he in was the back like, of the ah, end zone. Out of here. In the back of the end zone. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and then yeah, real, real, real class guy. Game that he is no longer in the game. Real class guy. Maybe, uh, who knows? Maybe he'll go to the Jets next year. Nah, I said keep him away from me. No, him. I, I, I totally agree, man. Listen, we gotta, we gotta end this segment. Thanks for the call, Tom. Appreciate it. Happy New Year and, uh, give us a call back Happy anytime, man. Of course. And Kim, go Islanders. I know it's a tough start, but you'll get there. I appreciate that, Tom. Especially come for a Rangers fan, but I appreciate that, man. Happy New you Year know. and thanks for calling in. Of course. Happy New Year. I'll let you guys go. Alright, man. Take care. All right, so uh, you made it through an hour. Congrats. <laughs> I've done it before. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Just remember, I can say this. I created you. <laughs> I started you on this journey. You got me enjoy. Yeah, yeah. Like, honestly, you got me to enjoy doing like radio podcasts, just talking and expressing feelings about mm-hmm. hockey in general. Yeah. Yep, yep. So we got one hour in the books. When we come back after uh, this first hour, uh, we're going to have Andrew Gross from Newsday join us. And in the 930 hour, again, we'll take your calls. 516-623-1240 is the number to reach us here at WGBB Sports Talk. Gary Harding and Kim Moise here. One hour down, one hour to go. We'll see you back on the flip side. views expressed in the previous program did not necessarily represent those of the staff, management, or owners of WGBB.